fantastic. Well, we're changing things a bit this morning, as we already said. I know, Graham's away and things going to rack and ruin. What can I say? Okay, a couple of quotes for you. I was neurotic for years. I was anxious and depressed and selfish. Everyone kept telling me to change. I resented them. And I agreed with them, and I wanted to change, but simply couldn't, no matter how hard I tried. Then one day someone said to me, don't change, I love you just as you are. These words were music to my ears. Don't change, don't change, don't change. I love you as you are. I relaxed, I came alive, and suddenly I changed. That was Anthony DeMello. And Washington Irving says, there is, a, there is certain relief in change, even though it be from bad to worse as I have found in travelling in a stagecoach, that it, it is often a comfort to shift one's position and be bruised in a new place. I like that one. Very funny. So things are a bit different this morning, aren't they? You're all sitting there thinking, I was expecting to be standing for about 40 minutes, then I would sit down for about five, then I'd stand up, I'd go and say hello to somebody, then we'd sit down again, and then someone would talk for probably 20, 20, 30 minutes, and then we'd have probably another song, or maybe two, and then we'd have a coffee, maybe tea this morning, because I don't know if I fancy coffee, maybe tea, maybe coffee, ooh, chocolate rolls, not donuts this morning, it's a bit different, isn't it? Probably not as you expected, is it, this morning? Not what we've become used to. Even in our church, our charismatic church, we kind of get set in our ways, don't we? We come in, we walk in, half past 22, we sing some songs, we sit down, we stand up, we say hello, we listen to someone talk, we sing again, we have tea and coffee. We have our own little ways of doing things, don't we? But how does it make you feel to be doing something slightly different this morning? I don't know, how do you react to change when things aren't quite as you expect them to be? How do you react to that? Do you find it easy to just to go with the flow, to change? Do you find it a bit difficult when things change, when they're not quite as you expected to be? Well, this morning I want to briefly look at uh, a man in the Bible. He had very fixed ideas. He had preconceived ideas of what he thought should happen. A man who couldn't see past what he knew. And he was a man whose past experiences dictated the way he saw things and the way he thought things should be done. But this same man was a man who was bold enough to firstly believe in a stranger. He was bold enough to go against what his past had taught him and to go against the law at that time. He was a man who was bold enough to change the way he thought. Now where do we find this man? Well, you'd be pleased to know he is in the Bible. We haven't changed that much this morning. We are still going to look at the Bible. He's found in John 5. uh, And I'm going to read the first nine verses to you. And then we're going to briefly look at a few bits out of that. So John 5, verses 1 to 9. It said, After these things there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem, now there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. 
whether that means whether, whether Bethesda means five porches, I don't know, but it does have five porches. In these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. A man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you wish to get well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your pallet or mat and walk. Immediately the man became well and picked up his mat and began to walk. Now it was the Sabbath on that day. Should we just pray first and then I just want to draw a few points out of that. Yeah, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we can come to you this morning. Lord, I pray, Lord, that Lord, you'd help me to share what you've put on my heart this morning. And Lord, that we would have a time just experiencing you this morning. Lord, I just ask you to be with us. Be amongst us now. Amen. Okay, so we find Jesus going to a, um, a festival or a feast in Jerusalem. But as it is with Jesus, as he tends to do, he doesn't head straight for the food. Does he? he doesn't head for where all the people are, where all the, all the dignitaries are. More than often he'll find him with those who need him most. And again, we find him mingling with those who are sick, who are lame, who are blind, those who need him most. And he meets a man, a man who happens to have been there for 38 years, and he has compassion on him. So what does he do? He asks him a very good question. A very straightforward question. Do you want to get well? The man had been sitting around this pool where people go to get well. So Jesus asks him, do you want to get well? But have you noticed the man doesn't answer the question, does he? The man answers out of 38 years of experience of sitting around a pool waiting for something to happen. Because this man thinks the only way he's going to be healed is to be the first into that water. As I said, he didn't answer the question. The question he answers was, how do you get healed? And he knew that because he'd been there for 38 years. He'd seen people go into the water after it had bubbled and come out and come out healed. So he knew that was how he was going to get healed, how he would get healed. But that wasn't the question, was it? The question Jesus asked him was, do you want to be healed? Two different questions. His past experiences had told him that he was too slow. He didn't have the help to get into the pool to be healed. He knew that the pool would heal him when the angel came down and stirred the water. He knew that he could be healed. But after 38 years of trying, I'm guessing he was a bit, I'm not sure this is going to happen for me. I think I'm going to be stuck here for another 20, 30 years, watching people go into the pool and come out again and get healed. So his past experiences, his 38 years, were clouding his thinking. And he was starting to believe 
what he'd seen for the last 38 years, that he wouldn't get healed, that he had to be in that pool to get healed. But it's great, isn't it? Because in an instant, we see this man changed. Just imagine it. You've been sitting by a pool for 38 years. You see the waters stir, and it says in the Bible there's about 200 of them. So the waters stir, they stop stirring, and then there's this almighty ruckus. There's 200, I'm presuming men, maybe a few women, try and jump into this pool. And for 38 years, he's sat there, probably tried to crawl into the pool, and every single time he's been beaten. Every single time that water stirs, there's somebody else who's a bit quicker than him, probably not quite as ill as him, who manages to sneak in, dive in the pool, comes out well, goes off, healed. For 38 years he's been doing that. And then a total stranger, because it says, if you read further on, he says to the uh, the Pharisees that he didn't know who it was who had spoken to him. So he didn't know this man was Jesus. He didn't know this man um, before him. But what does he do? Jesus tells him, take take up your mat and walk. And I can imagine him, before he'd been changed, saying, now listen, I told you, this is how it happens. I need to go into the pool. So if you want me to be healed, you hang around here with me. I'm sure it's going to happen soon. You hang around here. When the water starts to bubble, you hold off these other people and let me get in the pool. That is how I'm going to be healed. Oh, and by the way, did you know it's, it's the Sabbath today? We can't carry our mats. Not allowed to. No go. Can't do it. No. So this man, who only a few minutes ago was so caught up in his own thinking and how he thought things should happen, how he perceived things to happen, all of a sudden he believes a total stranger. And in an instant, picks up his mat, is healed and walks off. If he had not changed the way he thought, he could well have missed it. Can you imagine if Jesus said, pick up your mat and walk, and he said, no. Tell you, what, you, tell you what, you help me into the water, I'll be healed, and then I can get my mat and I can walk. No, he totally changed the way he thought, didn't he? He was willing to believe. He'd managed to wipe out 38 years of things happening, and this is the way things happen, this is the way things happen, and he believed one man. The changed man picked up his mat, and he walked. And just as I was preparing for this, I got a real sense that for this church, times of change are coming. Now, I don't know what these times are, but what I do know is that God is moving. And sometimes when we hear that phrase, God is coming, we think, ah, yes, I know what that's like. That means that people are going to fall over because that's what they did, was it 14 years ago? Yeah, I know. I know Jesus is coming. That means in our meetings, there'll be a few strange people in the corner making funny animal noises because that's what happened last time. And of course, there'll be a lot of laughter because that's what happened the last time God poured out his Holy Spirit in a big way. These are the things we know. We've, had, we've experienced them. We know how it happens. People fall over. Some people make funny noises. Lots of people laugh. Great. We know, we know how it happens. 
But like the man up in the passage, our expectations of what God will do can be shaped by our experiences. So when we hear God is coming, what do we think of? Do we think of, oh yeah, God's coming. He came 14 years ago and this happened. He came 14 years ago and people fell over. And some of us have been around church an awful long time. I think I've spent, well, yeah, it must be 32 years now in creches, in kids' work, in youth work and in big grown-up church like we're in now. 32 years of experiences that when I hear things like, you know, God is coming again, you automatically go back and think, what was it like last time? Surely that's how it's going to be like again. We carry so many preconceived ideas with us, don't we? Of how things should be, how things happen, how they've always happened. But we mustn't be shaped by what we remember from the past. We mustn't be shaped by past experiences. They can give us tunnel vision. I came across another quote, fantastic quote. Mayo Sei Tung. I'm not sure that's how I pronounce her name, so I apologise to you if you're listening. I doubt she is, because by the look of her name, I think she's Chinese. and I don't think we go that far, do we? No, we don't go quite that far. That was about it. She says, we think too small. Like the frog at the bottom of the well, he thinks the sky is only as big as the top of the well. If he surfaced, he would have an entirely different view. Now read that again. We think too small. Like the frog at the bottom of the well, he thinks the sky is only as big as the top of the well. If he surfaced, he would have an entirely different view. If we expect God to move in the same way he did last time, we're going to be missing things. So my question to us as a church is, is Jubilee Church going to surface and see the fullness of what God has got for us? Or are we going to look with our tunnel vision and say, last time God came, this happened, and this is what's going to happen again? I want to encourage us to look, look up, to go above what we know and what we've already seen, go beyond that. Because there's so much more out there that God has for us. But it's going to take all of us to see this. Because it, we, we've read before many times that everyone has something to bring. Everyone has to play their part. Now I want to ask you a question. When you hear that, when you hear that everybody has a part to play, how does it make you feel? Great. Fantastic, Alf. Thank you. Alf is excited. The other word I have here is apprehensive. Do you feel apprehensive? When you hear that everybody has a part to play, do you feel excited like Alf? Or do you feel apprehensive? Because when God comes, it's going to be a time of change. We all know that. I want to ask you, how do you handle change? When things happen in your life, when things change, do you welcome change? Or do you run from it? Alf, I'm glad you're here this morning, mate, because you've got all the right answers. 
you're making me feel better. There's not. Absolutely, Alf. Last question for us this morning. How do we cope when things are different from our expectations? I want to say to you, when God breaks out, it may not be quite as you expect. It may not be like it's been before. But unfortunately, our expectations come, as I've already said, from our experiences. Our experiences of the past. So how do you cope with that? Do you embrace it? Do you say, yeah, this is God, I'm going to run with this? Or maybe start criticising, that isn't how it's been before. This isn't how we've done things. This wasn't like it was last time. I want to encourage you. Three answers to those questions. How do you make, how does it make you feel? Should make you feel excited. Should make you feel excited because God has something to give you for the church. How do you handle change? Ideally you should welcome change. Change is a good thing. Change is going to happen. This church is growing. We believe God has got great things for us. And things will change. And we need to welcome change, not run from it. And how do you cope when things are different from your expectations? You should embrace them. As long as they're from God, who are we to say how things should be? We should embrace things that aren't quite as we expect. Like this morning, for instance. I hope you're all embracing the fact that you're having a nice sit-down early and in a bit we're going to spend a good 50 minutes praising and worshipping and seeking God. Wes is looking worried now (laughs) because I don't think he's ever played for 50 minutes before. But that's fine. We can all sing in tongues and stuff, Wes. It's leave plenty of space. That's what I want to encourage this morning. My idea, or what I felt for this morning was we're going to start but I want to speak about times of change and how we envelop change and our part in that and then we're going to worship God together and we're all going to come together and we're all going to bring stuff. So, if you're sitting there thinking, oof, I want to encourage you. Be excited that God has got something for you this morning. Welcome God in this morning. So when God says... Do you want to meet with me? What are we going to say? Well, it's a rush on a Sunday. We are quite often a bit late. We rush in, we sit at the back, and by the time our minds are straight, worship time's over, and we can't really get in with God. Well, this morning, you've had your time to get ready. We're preparing our minds, and we're going to have a great time of worship in a bit, because we're going to be unfocused on God. Do you want to meet with God this morning? Yes, we do, don't we? Alf does. But we know Alf knows the answers. That's great. Alf wants to meet with God. I want to meet with God this morning. I want to meet with him this morning. When God says to you, do you want to be healed? Well, I could never go up the front and be prayed for. All those people watching me, Knowing that I've got something wrong with me, that would be, ooh, people would see that I'm, there's something wrong with me. I could never do that. And anyway, when last time I, last time I saw someone prayed for, they weren't actually healed. So I don't think it's going to work for me. 
but you're not answering the question, are we? When someone stands up the front and says, do you want to be healed? It's a yes or no answer. It's not a, this is what happened in the past, this is going to affect the way I think. God is asking, do you want to meet with me? Sometimes we come back with excuses. I don't, you know, this and that and the other. The answer is yes. The fact that your head's not quite there this morning, leave that up to God. God can do it. You don't have to worry about what state your head is in. If you answer yes to I want to meet with God this morning, he will meet with you, no matter what state you're in. God speaks. Let's let God sort out how it happens. Let's just be open to him, shall we? L.P. Hartley says, the past is a foreign country. They do things differently there. And I want to say to you this morning, God may have done stuff in a certain way in the past, but let's not put a lid on him and say he has to do the same things now. God can do different things. The past is a foreign country. They do things differently there. Now, God is not a foreign country. God is here this morning. He's our friend. He's our saviour. He's Lord. He's not some foreign being that we can't get close to. But I just want to encourage you. It's not always going to be the same. Times are changing. God is coming again. He wants to point a spirit again, but it may not be the same as we've experienced in the past. It may not be what you expect. And please, 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 don't be ruled by what you've experienced in the past. I want to encourage you, open up your lives to what God's doing today. So I thought I'd... Uh, I didn't give you the title, did I? I've just realised that. I nearly finished. I didn't even give you the title. Because it was a really good title, because... After John's talk last week, I'm thinking, he's laid down the gauntlet. I've got to think of a good title for this talk this morning. I've got to. So I was sitting and racking my brains. And I think I've done it. I think time to think. I think I've done it. So my title for this morning, should you want to write it down? Now, you're all sitting down, so you're okay. Do you know I could drag it out a bit longer? Would it be any better? My title for this morning... Should have, would have, could have. Oh, brilliant. Oh, brilliant. What can you say? So just to close, what will your response be? I would have done that, but... I could have done that, but... Oh, I should have done that, but... Or is your response this morning going to be, I will do that, I have done that, and I did do that. Should we stand? We're going to worship God together. Can I encourage you? I know God wants to meet with us this morning. It may not be in the way that you've experienced before, but please don't shut things off. Please don't put a barrier up this morning. I want to encourage you.